Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you this morning. I want to thank Brother Jerry for doing a wonderful job leading us in our singing. Brother Mitch for an excellent lesson over the Lord's Supper and the collection. Brother Tom for his prayer and for all of our men who have served us and led us in our worship to God today. Thank you so much. Many of you know that our daughter Faith just celebrated her fourth birthday a couple of months ago. She actually celebrated her fourth birthday back in the month of April. And I got to tell you that during those mere four years of her life, she's conquered a lot of territory. She's made a, a lot of progress and grown tremendously as a as a human being, for example, during the mere four years of her life, she has grown 40 inches and, and gained 35 pounds. And she's learned how to crawl and walk and jump and run and talk and, and use the potty. She's also learned how to count and how to brush her hair and brush her teeth and even how to stay in the lines when she colors in her coloring book. She's even learned how to eat anything she wants to eat. After spending the first couple of years of her life depending solely on milk to survive, today she can eat pizza, that's her favorite food. And she can eat hamburgers and hot dogs and steak and lasagna and popcorn and even hard candy when, when her mama and daddy allow her to. Again, even though she is only four years old, she has grown tremendously as a human being. But I want to ask you to imagine this. I want to ask you to imagine faith being blessed by the Lord to live 26 more years, at least 26 more years on this earth. Can you picture that in your mind? Can you picture faith living to be at least 30 years old? Let me ask you something. What kind of person do you see in your mind? What kind of person would you be expecting to see? I mean, 26 years from now, she's blessed to be 30 years old, and you were able to come into contact with faith. Would you be expecting to see the same person that you see in the pew this morning? Would you be expecting to see someone who is still only 40 inches tall? Would you be expecting to see someone who is still only 35 pounds? Would you be expecting to see someone who still has all of her baby teeth and, and she's still trying to master the English language? Would you be expecting to see someone who still can't read? And she can't write anything other than her name and, and she still needs her mommy and her daddy to help her navigate her way through nearly every aspect of life. I mean, if faith was blessed to live 26 more years on this earth, would you be expecting to see the exact same person that you see today? You, you know you wouldn't. You, you 
know you would and you know that if you came across Faith 26 years from now and she still looked and behaved the same as she does at four years old, you would think she had a problem, right? You would think she had a serious problem. You would think to yourself, that's not right, that's not normal. Her, her, her daddy and her mama should have went to a specialist a long time ago to find out what's wrong with her. You know that's exactly what you would think if faith does not grow anymore from here on out. And, and let me tell you something, you, you will be right to think that way. You will be right to suggest that. You will be right to suggest that faith should grow a lot between the time she's four and the time she is 30. But let me tell you something, it is interesting to me that while we might be quick to panic and freak out when it comes to the lack of physical growth from our children, for some reason, when it comes to the lack of, of spiritual growth of God's children, we don't quite look at it with the same level of urgency. We, we don't quite look at it with the same level of concern and Going back to the verses that Brother John read for us from Hebrews chapter 5, I hope you were able to see that that is a very different attitude that, than what the Hebrew writer displayed in those verses, right? Going back to Hebrews chapter 5 and in verse number 11, I want you to notice how in those verses, the Hebrew writer is clearly angry. He is clearly frustrated. Specifically, he is frustrated because the Christians he is writing to at that time, they were not growing. They, they were not growing spiritually. They were not developing and maturing properly in the Lord. You, you see, in, in the immediate context of those verses, the Hebrew writer tells these Christians that, that he wanted to talk with them about a very important topic. He told them that he wanted to talk with them about the priesthood of Jesus. He wanted to talk about, about how Jesus is our high priest as Christians and how his priesthood is in the order of a mysterious Old Testament character named Melchizedek. That's what the Hebrew writer says he wanted to talk with them about, but unfortunately, unfortunately, he felt he couldn't. Even though... Many of these Christians have probably been Christians for 20, 30, maybe even 40 years by that time. Unfortunately, they were still too spiritually immature to handle a subject like that. Unfortunately, they were still little babies in Christ. They were still little infants in Christ. They had not grown and developed properly in the Lord. That's what the Hebrew writer said to these disciples in Hebrews chapter 5. But here's my question this morning. My question is, what about us? What, what about me? And, and what about you since the time when you first obeyed the gospel, since the day when you came out of the waters of baptism, how much have you grown? How much have you grown spiritually? How much have you grown in your faith? How much have you grown in your knowledge? How much have you grown in your worship to God and your ability to spread the gospel to the lost? How much have you grown in your patience? 
How much have you grown in your Christian behavior? How much have you even grown in your love for the brethren? How much have you grown since the day when you first became a Christian? I ask you that, brothers and sisters, because it is important that we understand that it is God's desire that every Christian grow. It is God's desire that I grow. And it is God's desire that you grow. In fact, this morning in our study, I want to give you six very specific things that we all have to do on a daily basis if we're going to grow and develop properly in the Lord. And here's the first thing right here. The first thing that we all have to do if we're going to grow and develop properly in the Lord is number one, we, we first have to desire it. We have to want it. We have to want to grow in the Lord. I mean, I hope we can all agree that no Christian is going to grow and spiritually develop in Jesus Christ if they first really don't want to. When you take out your Bible this morning, go over to the epistles of Peter. Go ahead and park yourself right at 1 Peter and 2 Peter. Hopefully you are aware of the fact that we're reading 1 and 2 Peter in our Bible reading right now, right? We're reading 1 and 2 Peter, and one of the big topics that Peter addresses in both of these epistles is the topic of, of growth. So, so look at 1 Peter chapter 2, please. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 1. In 1 Peter 2 and verse 1, Peter the apostle says to the people of God, Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies... Like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that you may what? So that you may grow in respect to salvation if you've tasted the, the kindness of the Lord. Now, we're going to spend a few moments breaking down verse number two in just a few minutes. But for now, I just want to highlight. I just want to highlight how in verse number two, Peter mentions growth. Do you see that? Do you see how in verse 2, Peter talks about growth? When Peter mentions growth here, please understand that he's talking about spiritual growth. He's talking about spiritual maturity. He is telling us that part of being a Christian, part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ requires spiritual maturity. It requires spiritual growth. It requires growing in the Lord after initially tasting of the kindness and salvation of God. Brothers and sisters, I don't care how long we've been Christians. I don't care if we've been Christians for 20, 30, or even 40 years. According to the Apostle Peter, we must always, always, always possess a mentality that says, I can do better. I can grow. I can be better for Jesus Christ. I can become more like Jesus Christ. I can become a better Christian today than I was yesterday. The Bible makes it very clear that that is a mentality that we must carry with us in our lives. As Christians, we must never be content with where we currently are. We must never become stagnant and complacent in our faith. If we're going to grow and become more like Jesus, like our theme this year is trying to 
force us and, and, and promote us and motivate us to do, then it starts with desire. We got a desire to grow. We have to desire to develop and mature in the faith, but not only must we desire to grow, a second thing we also got to do is we got to be diligent to grow. We got to desire and we also got to be diligent. Go now to 2 Peter chapter 1. Listen to what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 5, please. 2 Peter 1 and verse 5. Peter says, now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply. Some translations say add virtue or moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, knowledge. And in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. Now, notice, going back to verse number five, how before telling us to add seven very specific spiritual qualities to our faith before telling us to do that. Peter first says that we need to apply all diligence. You see that? We need to apply all diligence. Brothers and sisters, that, that word diligence that Peter uses there, it means commitment. It means dedication. It means that a Christian is willing to work hard to grow in the Lord. You see, according to, to Peter, like everything else that is good in life, for us to achieve it, for us to accomplish spiritual growth, we got to be committed to getting the job done. We got to be willing to put in the work to accomplish the goal. Think of it like this. Think of it like going on a physical diet. Think of it like having a goal to lose 10 or 15 pounds. I mean, for those of you who've ever made a goal to lose 10 or 15 or 20 pounds, I think you will agree with me when I say that in order to accomplish that goal, you got to do more than just desire it, right? You, you got to do more than just say, I want to lose 15 or, or 20 pounds. No, in addition to desiring to lose weight, you also got to put in the work. You also got to do things like you got to eat right and you and you got to exercise and you have to to develop and maintain a never give up mentality. That's the only way that any person can really accomplish the goal of losing a desired amount of weight. And that same principle also applies to to spiritual growth. You see, when it comes to spiritual growth, when it comes to properly maturing in Christ to accomplish that goal, we're going to have to put in some effort. We're going to have to be committed. We're going to have to get up and be diligent and determined to do whatever God says it takes to get that job done. When Peter talks about diligence in that text, he is telling us that spiritual growth is not going to occur in our lives when we're lazy and full of apathy. We got to desire growth. We got to be diligent about growth. In fact, this leads us to the third thing we got to do, and that is we got to be diligent about consuming the word of God. Maybe a better way we could say that is if we're going to grow, we have to constantly eat right. We got to feed ourselves with the spiritual nourishment that God says we must have to, to grow and develop. 
And so I want to show you some verses that, that make this point. You're still in 2 Peter chapter 1. Notice again verse number 5. In verse 5, Peter says, Now for this very reason also apply it all diligence, in your faith supply virtue of moral excellence, and in your virtue of moral excellence knowledge. When Peter talks about knowledge there, he's not talking about knowledge of mathematics or world history or science. Instead, he's talking about knowledge of the word of God. Knowledge of the sacred text. We must have knowledge of the word of God if we're going to grow and develop properly in the Lord. That's how Peter starts this letter. Now go to the last verse of this letter. 2 Peter 3 and verse 18. 2 Peter 3 and verse 18, the last verse of the book, he says, but grow. There's the idea of growth again. Grow in the grace and what? Knowledge. The grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Peter starts the book by talking about spiritual growth and growing in our knowledge of the Lord. And he ends the book the very same way. Now go back to 1 Peter chapter 2. I told you we were going to look at that verse more carefully. Look at 1 Peter 2 and verse 2. 1 Peter 2 and verse 2. Peter says, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word so that you so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. I think this verse is a particularly interesting verse because notice how in it Peter talks about milk. He talks about the pure milk of the word. And describing the word of God, he uses the example or the illustration of milk, except he uses milk here in a very different way than how the Hebrew writer used it in Hebrews 5. Did you notice that? Going back to Hebrews 5, remember when the Hebrew writer used the example of milk, he used it in a very negative way. He used it to describe or talk about how the Christians he was writing to were not growing in their knowledge. They were not growing in the faith. They were still on the milk of the word when they should have been on the meat. The Hebrew writer used milk to rebuke his audience, but here Peter uses the idea of milk not in a negative way, but in a positive way. He says, like, like little babies long to be fed with milk. That's how we need to feel towards the word of God. Like babies need milk to grow and develop properly. As Christians, we also need the word of God. We need to constantly consume it to grow and develop properly. Peter is saying that if we're not constantly consuming the word of God, guess what? We're not going to grow. We're not going to mature. We're not going to be able to do the things that God says he wants us to do, like properly discern what his will is and what it is not. Like be able to get off the elementary principles of the gospel and move on to some of the deeper things found in the scripture. Like be able to teach our neighbor and our co-worker the gospel and confidently share with them the things they must do to, to, become, to become Christians. You see, if we don't, if we don't constantly consume the word of God, we're not going to grow. We're not going to mature properly. And that is why, that is why our shepherds this year have been trying very hard to emphasize the need for Bible reading. There's a reason why they're doing that. They haven't laid out this plan for us to do 
Bible reading just because we want to get to the end of the year and, and have all the boxes checked off on our schedule. That's, that's not, the, it's not the, the main reason why we're doing the Bible reading. No, the main reason why our elders have, have made a goal for Bible reading is because they understand and they want us to understand that every time we read our Bibles every single day, even if it's just one chapter a day, we're feeding ourselves spiritually. We're feeding ourselves with the knowledge of God. We're consuming the essential food we need to grow properly. Bible reading is absolutely critical to grow properly in the Lord and to grow in our knowledge. And so are all the other resources that have been made available to us, even during this time of pandemic. So are the articles that are sent out multiple times each week by Brother Don Johnson. So are the step-by-step -step videos and the Bible class video, videos. So are the Bible reading commentaries that go out every Sunday. So are the archives of sermons that we have on our website. Like Brother Mitch said, there's nothing that can replace face-to-face -face study and face-to-face -face teaching. That is absolutely true. But nevertheless, there are some resources that are available that can help us during this time of pandemic. Let's not use this pandemic as an excuse not to grow in our knowledge. We, the elders, Brother Brian, me as the preacher, we, we've, we're trying to make available so many things in the best way we can to help us grow and mature properly. And let's utilize those tools. Let's utilize all the things we have to grow in our knowledge because that's critical, absolutely critical. But not only is it critical that we constantly consume the Word of God, fourthly I want to suggest that we also got to apply the Word of God. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? Wouldn't you agree that it's not enough just to read and study the Word of God if we're going to grow, but we also got to apply it. I mean, the Word of God doesn't do us any good if we don't apply it in our lives. And so listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 6. In Colossians 2 verse 6, Paul says to Christians, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. That language, walk in Him, and maybe you've noticed that in your study of God's word. That is Paul's favorite metaphor to use to just talk about living a faithful Christian life. It's his favorite metaphor to use to talk about, just to talk about applying the scriptures, applying the word of God in your life. Walk in him, walk in Jesus, have been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. You put that in what James says. In James 1 and verse 22, and James makes it very clear when he says that we ought to prove ourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude ourselves. And then think back to what Peter said. Think back to what Peter said in 2 Peter 1 verses 5 through 7. Remember, we, we, we read those verses where Peter says that we need to apply all diligence and we need to add to our faith Virtue and the virtue, knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and brotherly kindness and, and, and love. Notice how while we could do a whole sermon series on the seven qualities that are mentioned in those verses. 
for the purpose of this study and for the due to the lack of time, I just want to emphasize how Peter in those verses, he's doing the same thing and he's emphasizing the same thing that James is emphasizing here. He's emphasizing the same thing that Paul emphasizes in Colossians chapter 2. He is telling us that growth in Christ Jesus requires action. It requires activity. It requires us doing something every single day. It requires us looking different today than we looked yesterday. And it requires us looking different tomorrow than we do today. And it requires us looking different in 2020, 2021, I'm sorry, than we do in 2020. You see, as Christians, we should be making progress all the time. We should be growing all the time. We should be becoming more like Jesus Christ all the time. With each and every day, God blesses us on this good earth. We should be becoming more forgiving and more hospitable and more zealous about sharing our faith with the lost and closer to overcoming our weaknesses, whatever those weaknesses may be, and we should have better control of our tempers and better control over our emotions and our words and we should be becoming more patient and more kind and full of grace and we should have more love in our hearts and compassion for our brethren. We should be different today than we were even yesterday. You know, one of the sad things to see is somebody and maybe you've met folks like this before. Somebody who's been a Christian for 30, 40, maybe 50 years. And they still look like little babies. They still act like little babies in Christ. They're not more like Jesus as they should be. You see, when we apply the qualities that Peter talks about in 2 Peter 1, but we apply those qualities every single day, you know what's going to happen to us? We're going to look more like Jesus. We're going to become more like Jesus. Jesus had all those qualities as he walked on this earth. If we're going to grow, we got to consume the word of God daily. And we got to apply the word of God daily. But then, fifthly, we also got to do this. We also got to learn from our mistakes. We got to learn from our failures. My son started playing basketball about eight or nine months, about eight or nine months ago, not long after we moved here. And let me tell you something. When he first started playing basketball for the first time nine months ago, especially when he start, started first playing with kids his age, he didn't have a clue what to do. <laughs> He didn't really know how to do anything. He didn't know how to shoot. He didn't know how to dribble. He didn't know how to do a layup. He didn't even know how to play defense. He didn't really have a clue what to do when he first started nine months ago, and the result of that was he made a lot of mistakes. And I know because I was his coach. 
He made a lot of mistakes in practice. He made a lot of mistakes in the game during his first season, but because he had what we've talked about, that never give up mentality, and because he was willing to put in the work and practice every day, and because he was willing to learn from the mistakes he made his first season, the second season, when the second season came around during the winter, guess what? He was a whole lot better. Played defense a whole lot better. He's one of the best defensive players on the team. Shot the ball better, mastered layups, mastered the rules of the game, and he wasn't doing things like traveling with the basketball and throwing in the, in the backcourt like he did his, the first season he played. Because he learned from the mistakes he made during the first season, he was a lot better the second season. And I'm only telling you that because that same principle also applies to Christianity. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, let's just be honest about it. If there's one thing that's true about being a Christian and growing in Christ, it's not easy, is it? It's not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen just like that. Instead, it is a continual process. It is a lifelong journey. And on that journey, you got ups and downs. You got good days. You got bad days. You got times when it's enjoyable and when it's painful. You got times when you're, when you're facing disappointments along the way. The growth process in Christianity can be extremely tiresome. And it can be extremely painful. In fact, as I think about this, I can't help but, but be reminded of the person we're studying from this morning, that is Peter, right? You know, sometimes I wonder if Peter was put in the Bible because of people like me. Wouldn't you agree that, 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 that Peter, first off, let's agree on this. Can we first agree that Peter was a great servant of God? Would you say that? He's a great servant of God. He's one of the greatest Christians we can read about in the Bible. He wore so many different hats as a Christian. He was a preacher. He was an apostle. He was a shepherd in the church. Peter was an amazing servant of God. Did so much in the cause of God, but let me tell you something. The greatness of Peter that we can read about in the Bible, that servant that we admire and hold up on high esteem, that person didn't happen overnight. That, that person didn't didn't happen or develop in one or two years. Instead, Peter had a lot of ups and downs on his journey. He made a lot of mistakes in his walk with Christ. In fact, the Holy Spirit tells us about many of the mistakes he made in the gospel. I mean, think about it. In the gospel, we, we read about a man who at times was impulsive, and he lacked faith, and he cursed, and he... And he denied Jesus, and there was even a time when he was guilty of causing division in the church, and the apostle Paul had to confront him to his face and get him straight on that. Peter had a lot of disappointments in his walk with Christ, but one thing I've always admired about him is even though he made a lot of mistakes, he never gave up, did he? 
He never quit. He never threw in the towel, even though he experienced failure after failure after failure. He always seemed to learn from his failures. He always seemed to learn from his mistakes and he continued to grow and develop. And that's exactly how we got to be. If we're going to grow in the Lord, we got to learn from our mistakes, got to learn from our failures and allow them to help us become better for Jesus. In fact, that brings us to our final point this morning. And that is, if we're going to grow, we also got to learn how to properly respond to our trials. Haven't this been a, hasn't this been a trying year for us? Brother Mitch talked about that. He's absolutely right. It's been a trying year. I know it's been a trying year for me. And I couldn't help but think about the words of Peter as I've been, as I've been meditating on just the, the first six months of this year. I mean, we got another six months to go. Can you imagine how they might turn out to be? God, please be with us. But in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 6, listen to what Peter says about these trials. And I hope this can encourage you, okay? 1 Peter 1 and verse 6, he says, In this you greatly rejoice, even though for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Now, the early Christians noticed how they went through trials, and they would probably laugh at us if they saw how we're freaking out over the trials we're having because they were being persecuted for their faith, thrown up, I mean, thrown in jail, uh, murdered, stoned, burned up for the cause of Jesus. That's what they were going through. And so in verse 7, Peter says, as he talks about their trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold which is perishable, even though tested, notice, tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What is Peter saying there? Well, here Peter is simply saying this. He is saying that if we allow them to, if we allow them to, the trials we go through in our lives, the difficult times we go through in our lives, you know what they can do? They can actually make us better. They can actually help us grow. They can, they can actually be a mechanism that God uses to, to test our faith and help us develop godly characteristics like endurance. They can refine us like gold. That's what Peter says. And even though it's very hard to do this, how about we challenge ourselves to start trying to see that? How about we challenge ourselves to see this year and all this junk and these trials we're going through this year, let's look at them as an opportunity for some real spiritual growth. Let's look at them as an opportunity to trust God more and to pray more and gripe less and keep our eyes fixed on heaven because this world is constantly reminding us that it is not our true home if we're Christians. The Bible says that these are the things we got to do if we're going to grow. And as we get ready to close, I want to strongly urge us to take these things seriously. Because the Bible says there's so many blessings that can come to us when we grow. For example, when we commit ourselves to growth, you know one of the blessings that's going to come to us we're going to be equipped to bear some fruit. Do you want to bear fruit for God? Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10. Let me just show you some scriptures, and we're getting ready to close, I promise. 
But in Colossians 1 and verse 10, I got to read these verses. Notice how, how the Apostle Paul tells us why we need to grow, why we need to grow in our knowledge. In verse 10, he says, you need to grow, verse 10, so that you will walk. Notice there, that is again. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Notice how I should want to grow so I can walk right. So I can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So I can please God in every aspect of my life so that I can bear fruit in every good work for the Lord. That's why I need to grow so I can bear fruit. Peter says it this way over in 2 Peter. Remember, we've gone through those seven qualities. Peter says you need to add to your faith virtue and then knowledge and self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Peter says that if you, if you work on those things every day of your life, verse 8, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, you got to keep growing in them every day. Don't be content. They will render you neither useless nor what? unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice how I need to grow in these qualities so that I won't be useless or unfruitful in the kingdom of God. That's what Peter said. And to bring the point home, Jesus said it this way in John 15 and verse 8. Jesus said this, John 15 and verse 8, he said, my father is glorified by this, that you do what? Bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Notice how Jesus says that one of the ways that we prove that we're his disciples is by bearing fruit. What does he mean when he says bearing fruit? Well, simply put, when Jesus talks about a Christian bearing fruit, he's just talking about authentic discipleship. He's just talking about good and righteous works, living a faithful Christian life to the best of your ability every single day. When you live the best life you can live for Jesus every single day, that is bearing fruit. That is being useful in the kingdom of God. We should want to grow so we can bear fruit. And we should also want to grow so we can avoid death. Someone says, Sean, what do you mean when you say death here? Well, my friend, when I talk about death here, please understand I'm not talking about physical death. We're all going to experience that whether we like it or not. I'm not talking about physical death. I'm talking about spiritual death. I'm talking about eternal separation from God. You see, when a Christian doesn't grow, they don't please God. They don't glorify God. They don't bear fruit. And as a result of not bearing fruit, you know what happens to them? They die. They die spiritually. They die like any tree that doesn't bear fruit. And the physical world dies. We got to bear fruit. We got to grow. That's the main thing I want you to take away from this lesson. And I'm preaching this lesson to me before I'm preaching it to you. We got to grow. This is an urgent and serious matter to God. In fact, maybe you sit there this morning and you say to yourself, well, Sean, I haven't been doing that. I haven't been doing it. I haven't been growing. In fact, maybe the reason you haven't been growing is because you got sin in your life. Well, if that describes you, you can hit the restart button today. 
You can reset this whole thing today if you're willing to come forward and repent of your sins and, and ask us to pray with you and to pray for you. God will forgive you and you can leave here determined and committed to do the things we've talked about today. Or maybe you never even started the journey of growth. Maybe you never even obeyed the gospel. You're not a Christian. Well, if so, Jesus is waiting for you. If you believe in him, repent of your sins and obey his commandment to be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins. If you'll come out of that water and allegiance to Jesus and allow him to prune you and help you grow, he will do that. He will bless you. He will be that path you need that leads to eternal life. But always remember, when you come out of the waters of baptism, that's not the end of your journey. It's only the beginning. You got to commit yourself to growth. And so if we can help you with that in any way all this morning, it'd be our pleasure. Let us do that right here and right now. Let's stand. Let's sing.